Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Chris Purcell and Matt Purcell of Swimbait Underground. This is a round two for Chris. Um, great time. The YouTube episode's already up. I actually got on top of it this time. Didn't lag ass. Um, this was a fun one. We did a Q&A. He kind of dropped some new stuff they're going to do for next year. And it ended our Swim at Underground month. We had one more plan with Jerry Rago, but it just didn't work out. We're going to try to make that one up probably in the next uh, couple couple months. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, this is a great one. I, I want to say thank you to Swim at Underground for putting this whole month together. Uh, thank you, Manny. Thank you, uh, Chris. Thank you, Gilbert, Mike Gilbert. Um, uh, thank you, Matt Purcell. All these guys, uh, have been a huge help. Not only that, they've donated some stuff to the Patreon. Thank you again for the, the huge help. Swimbait underground. Uh, I don't think this podcast would go or be as far without, uh, supporters like you, you guys, and there's plenty of you guys out there. Thank you to all the fans for listening. Uh, it's starting to really grow and take off. And, uh, here's one thing that's helped a lot. We have, uh, ad. So this is our first one of the end of the month this is it for this month so we'll see what we got next month um this one's from catch em tackle please go support them they're a local tackle shop in newport and here's a little piece from them catch em tackle is your one-stop shop for all things diawa this holiday season catch em is an authorized diawa dealer stocking all the latest and greatest tackle for all types of fishing from bay bass to swordfish and everything in between they have what you're looking for the new diawa saltigo lever drags and the bgmq saltwater spinning reels the Bulletproof Lexa, Tatula, and Zillion bait caster reels. The super reliable Fuego LT and Ballistic LT spinning reels. The Seaborg 1200 Deep Drop Swordfish reel and matching Sea Marine Power Rod are all in stock. They also have a great selection of the hot new Daiwa's Zakana jigs along with the J-Braid, J-Floor, Travel Bags, Travel Packs, Travel Rods. They're just too much to list. Pretty much everything you need and nothing you don't. The quintessential 5-pound bag stuffed with 10 pounds are the best tackle on earth. Organized and clean with plenty of parking, Ketchum is located at 103 E17th Street at the gateway to Newport Harbor. This holiday season, stop in and say hi to Jason Ketchum, the owner. Your kill bag and your wallet will be happy you did. Follow them on Instagram at Ketchum Tackle. Remember, this holiday season, more than ever, let's support our independent tackle dealers. They truly are the lifeblood of our sport fishing community. Yeah, please go out and support them. They uh, are a supporter of the podcast and they sponsor this month. Again, thank you for the sponsorship for the month it's helped out a lot um this week we'll have uh bobby 10 pounds on on tomorrow if you guys want to do the call and i put the number up i forgot what it is because i don't have it in front of me and then uh i think i'm making a trip up north at the end of the month we have haggard pirate coming this month 
And I got a lot of people lined up. I just got to figure out how I'm going to do it. You know, I like doing it live. I don't like doing it over the phone if I don't have to, which I might have to do some just because they're far away. Um, other than that, thanks for all the support. Here's our next piece. This one's from Fish Labakuma. Thank you again for supporting the podcast. Check them out. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys use their stuff, and they, they came out with some cool swim baits as well. Check this little ad out. Get outdoors and spend some time in your lab. Because in theirs, at Fish Lab, they learn by doing. The water is their lab, and they love doing research. Fish Lab knows there's a reason when a lure works, and that angling is part art and part science. It's a puzzle where the pieces constantly change, sometimes in our favor, sometimes not. But by applying decades of experience, bold creativity, a little patience, and a lot of time on the water, we can better the odds of finding the successful formula that catches you more fish. They know that making effective lures means understanding target fish and the food they eat. And Fish Lab does. Fish Lab lures are realistic, scientifically accurate, meticulously crafted, and designed for one purpose, to catch more and bigger fish. Straight out of the lab, Fish Lab has you covered. With a full line of hard baits, swim baits, glide baits, wake baits, soft weedless swim baits, and bluegill baits. The badass rattle toad, plus a line full of saltwater baits. Check them out at your favorite tackle dealer or online at fishlab.com and follow on Instagram at fishlabtackle. The science behind the strike, Fish Lab. Again, please check out Okuma Fish Lab. I thank you for the support this month. Um, then I guess the last... I'll give us, if you can, please give us five stars on iTunes. I'd appreciate that. And leave a positive review. Also, uh, the phone line thing we're going to probably do with every podcast now. We'll probably do like an interview in the beginning and then a Q&A in the later part. I'm hoping to get everything lined up so it'll be smooth. I don't know how good Bobby's will be. And... Um, I want to say thank you to Mike Gilbert. So next month, here's a little teaser for you guys, is the DRT. I think it's the Ghost, the Clash 9, and the Tiny Clash is going to be the the, uh, Patreon sponsor next month. So that's going to be from Working Class Zero next month. Super stoked on that one. Thanks again to everyone that's uh, donated. Thanks to anyone that uh, gave us a positive view or followed the, the podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm also going to do your favorite top five of the year. And uh, put up a little thing, and I'll tell you what the top five of this year were podcast, so you guys can just see where everyone ranked. Um, yeah, man, I'm gonna go off of the month too, so I won't just be like, hey, you know, so and so's podcast has been on for however fucking long, you know. <laughs> I get it ain't gonna be fair if Butch is like, yeah, hey, my podcast has been on forever, so I'm number one, you know. So I'll just do it for the month and. Speaking of Butch, this goes right into our ad. This one's for Depths. Thank you, uh, Optimum. Really appreciate you. Matt Pano is probably going to be a future guest. I'm trying to lock it down with them. I know he's really busy. Thanks, Matt, for helping the podcast out too, and Butch. Both great guys. And that's about it. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Have a happy, safe New Year. And call in and talk to Bobby Ten Pounds and me. Thanks, guys. A lot of companies come and go here today, gone tomorrow, One Bait Wonders. Not Double A Worms and Optimum Bait Co., These guys have been producing premium soft plastic baits and winning best of show awards since 1982. 1982, man. Shit, I was born in 1980. That's a long ass time, man. Man, from way back, including the first ever swim bait poured with an internal lead head, AA and Optum have been leaders and continue to crank out some of the finest and high-end swim baits and soft plastics in the industry. They live and die by the old man's motto, evolve and innovate. So in addition to their manufacturing capabilities, the company is the U.S. importer and distributor for premium Japanese brands, Depps, Ima, Zapu, and Manus Japan. 
Considering Ground Zero and the Swimbait Glide Bait Revolution Optimum Baits has been working with previous podcast guest and podcast supporter, the Doctor. Doctor. And I just stuck it on a depths 250 slider. <laughs> Himself, legendary Butch Brown, as well as Satan Shimada of Japan, to name a couple. These guys set the bar and are directly responsible for some of the most innovative big fish producing PB catching swim baits on the planet. And lucky for us, they're still at it. Depths just launched the new Butch Brown Gizzard Shad in the entire Slide Swimmer series 250, 175, 145, and 115, as well as a couple new bluegill swim baits, the Depths Tiny Bull Shooter, and the Bulldoze. Manish Japan just released a 245 size balance and smaller sizes of the Sapar at the same time Optimum dropped the new 8 inch Papa Boom weedless swim bait. Don't wait, scoop them up at your favorite dealer or visit OptimumBaits.com. Follow them on Instagram at OptimumBaits. Cast and crank. My name's Butch Brown. That's how you do it, brother. This is Monday morning. See ya. Have fun at work, doctor. We're rolling. Rolling. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. <laughs> Today we got the guy that won't wear the fucking headphones. Dude. No thanks to headphones. <laughs> yeah. So here's a story. We started doing his original podcast and he stopped me. I can't do this. This isn't happening. I can hear myself too good. <laughs> so now he won't he's the only person that won't wear the fucking headphones. No. All the guests. Not a professional, I guess. No, not at all. Not like Manny and Mike and <laughs> The All guy, the other cool hey, kids. The guy that won't come on the podcast. <clears throat> Unnamed. <laughs> the unnamed guy. Yeah. Um, so, gosh, you had you on 71. You knew your episode. Episode 71. You had to re-listen to it. Want to make sure that we don't say the same redundant stuff, you know? And we had Matt on a long time ago. I'm going to say fucking 145. <laughs> he was just... ago, right? Ago, yes. We got to turn you up a little. You kick it up a little, the mic. Sorry. Perfect. Now talk. Is that better? Yeah, oh, way better. You're loud. Um, so we have a QA and a and we're doing a round two. This is a special one for Swimbait Underground. This is 10 years, right? Yeah. Uh, December, like right around 10th, 12th of uh, 2010, the forum kicked off, and uh, we are where we are now. It's a big, big number. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Awesome to be a part of it. Dogs going in the backyard, <laughs> neighbor's dog's wild, our dog's wild. It's all good. Yeah. Um, what What do you have upcoming bait-wise? Like, so I've seen a couple things. <clears throat> I don't know what we could talk about or you can't talk about. What, what's some stuff they have coming up this yeah, year? Yeah, so obviously we're going to continue doing what we've done with uh, bait makers that are in the industry. you got guys like uh, Eric from UFO. You've got Caesar at Toxic, Matt from 86. you got Clayton from Sly Guy up nor- in Northern California. Uh, those guys are all in the process of putting some baits together for us with some new uh, imaging type stuff that we're working on. You might have seen it on the, uh, the 86 trout that he did recently. Is that imaging? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the imaging that we're working on. Uh, he was the first to do it. We've done it with the golden shiner. We did it with the thread fin, and then most recently he did it with a uh, with the trout. And we're working to get that available to bait makers. You know that are that are a part of what we're doing. So. So it's like your special twist on the bait to have that image. Yeah, or- exactly. So whether it's a trout image or like upcoming with Caesar and Eric's going to be the uh, the golden shiner. Our our you know. Our go-to, uh, we're going to have Golden Shiner, I'm pretty sure, on the uh, Wade Hogs as well as the UFO here in the near future. 
and uh, that's that's on the forefront here for 2021. It's exciting stuff. Totally different than what's out there now uh, here in the states. And uh, are they doing it back in Japan? Or are they doing? That they already? do some of it, okay. yeah, without a doubt. Some of the bigger production facilities are doing it, but as far as like your garage builders, there's there's nobody else that's doing it here. Do you think you could offer that as a service? Yeah, or you wouldn't want to. We can. You know and what I'm saying? Like, say we, if like you had different bait makers come and go, hey, we want to do what you're doing. They might not even be part of SU, but you could offer that as a service. Well, I'm not saying those other guys are part of SU, but they're just uh, makers that we've worked with in the past. And well, yeah, to answer your question, yes, yeah. we are we are going to offer it as oh, a service. Oh, you are? So yeah. it's going to be like a swim at underground service? Without a doubt. Yeah. Wow. So it's uh, it's under the Underground Supply Co. umbrella, something that we've been working on. Uh, we've got the process pretty dialed in, and uh, it's just a matter of time before you start seeing more of the baits with that sticker. Uh, if we if we do the imaging here in house, you're going to see an underground supply coast sticker on it. On in addition to the manufacturer's packaging. So then, say, I don't know who the hell it is. Some other random company from back east. Yep. Was like, hey, I have 50 baits I want to do. You are, are you going to put the tag on the bait? Yes. Not on the bait itself, but on the packaging. Okay. So yeah. Oh, so you're going to package it for them as no, well. No. So we we just have. Uh, Fucking make it clear, Chris. I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm just <laughs> so kidding. the imaging will be what it is, but uh, we haven't quite determined if we're gonna if there's going to be a small SU hit on there or if it's just going to be a sticker on the packaging. Um, we're still kind of working through all that stuff. And I, I don't want to like give away what you guys are doing or like how you do it, but who thought of the idea? Me. Did you? Yeah, like with inspiration from some of the guys overseas and kind of seeing what's going on there, we're able to make it work here. Um, the most challenging thing has been just getting the process set up to where it makes sense for the maker as well as for us. Like it's time consuming without a doubt. And uh, guys like Matt from 86 have been instrumental in that. He really helped us get things where they are now. Like It's going to save a huge amount of time and – it's almost like you're not going to take away from a painter. No. Well, like, right? That's you know one of the biggest limitations with all these guys and what they do. Like, I can make X number of baits a month, but then i got to turn around and paint them, and I've got to do all these things. Well, if we're able to offer a service where we can get an actual fish image onto the bait, it's going to help them turn it and, you know, it, it helps everybody. It helps SU. It helps the bait maker. It also helps the community. Like, guys are going to be able to get baits more often if guys are – makers are able to produce more baits like that's the name of the game i think that's the closest thing you can come to production as, no. as, a, as, a, as a well as a garage maker. yeah as far as how about garage, as a garage yeah. maker like it'll definitely automate some of that process for them um but as far as like big time production stuff goes Never. like no but we're working toward that too like we're working with some other guys on on a few things that should be coming up here yeah, maybe like first quarter of of uh 2021 where like a possible production bait yeah, we're we're going to have production baits like that's that's in in the lineup for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of getting things finalized, making sure everything it lines up properly, and you know, getting the baits in the guys' hands. Like we've had samples here for a while, and like they catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've caught good fish on them. Everybody I've given the bait to catches fish on them. My buddy up north, I was just up there hunting with him last week, Menzel. He, uh, I go, hey, have you fished that bait lately? He goes, yeah, I. Gave it to my to my girlfriend. She tied it on. She's catching fish right away. Like it's <laughs> wow. like okay, that's good. Like, yeah, that's what you want. We want baits that are um, that are easy for easy to use. Like it's not there's not a big learning curve for them. It we call it like a dummy bait, if you will. Are you going to make it cost effective as well? Try to. Yeah, I mean cost effective for when sure. When I say like when what, I say I mean, cost what does effective, cost effective mean? Okay, like, not baits usually go for about a hundred to hundred and fifty bucks. 
Are you going to yeah, bring minimum. it a little lower than that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Anytime you go you go full production, like you're definitely going to see a cost savings um, on that side of things. The the flip side, too, is like availability. We're, we're going to make it a, a more readily available for guys to get their hands on, and uh, that's, that's really what we want to do. You think that's going to change your uh, persona as being like the, the company that helps these little companies out and do collaborations like almost like a sellout? No, definitely not. Like, you know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. totally get what you're saying. No, at the end of the day, we're still going to help these these guys. Like uh, in in the grassroots section, I was recently reading, um, there's a company called Little Piggy Swimbaits. They, they're guys that have been on the forums for a long time. And like there's stuff that they're starting to put out. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's killer. Mm-hmm. Like, and these are two two brothers. I think they're still in college. And like what they're doing is slowly growing. And like I, I've seen the progression as, as it's gone on. And like what they're putting out now is is outstanding. Um, we're still going to be catering to guys like that as well as what we're going to continue doing where we, you know, put out a more readily available product. Which makes it almost like a, uh, me and Gilbert were talking earlier, like something that you could go when someone suggests something like, oh, just learn how to do swim baits, what should I get? S waiver, this, that would be something like, hey, it's, it's a little more money than it would be for that, but you could go to Swimbait Underground and grab one of these. Yeah, without a doubt. It's like, going to be an, uh, a plastic bait, like a, it's going to be a hard bait. But no, like not like a resin injected. Bait. Injected. There yes, go. it's yes. gonna be injected. Like uh-huh. resin, resin is something that's hard to scale. You talk to any of the guys, like you, oh, you know, yeah, you heard yeah. Caesar talking about it in his podcast, and anybody who who does a lot of hard baits, like the resin deal, it it gets the job done, but it's it's hard to scale. Yeah, of course. So, or is it gonna be a multi jointed or just first one? Yeah, multi joint. Okay, cool. Just a little bit different. Like you, if you look at my Instagram, you you'll see pictures of it. There, the, the bait's been out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool bait. Does a little bit of everything. And uh, did you have? Who did you have? Do you mind ask me telling like telling me who you helped design the bait who helped design you? it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, with the first one, it I mean, was very uh, secretive, and you don't want to, you know. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just not, not secretive in that <laughs> sense. But like, uh, yeah, it was Jerry, uh, okay. Jerry Rago. Uh, I call him Uncle Jerry now because I talk to him all the time, and like he he's been instrumental as far as that bait goes. Uh, and it's a cool project. Now is is Jerry going to be the only guy that we do those kind of projects with? No, we've got other stuff oh, lined up. To where so you'd like to do like a production for different dudes? Exactly. Wow, well, it might not be like though you know the companies in general, but like projects with smaller guys that may not be able to do the the mass production thing. Like we should be able to figure something out for them. So you're almost going to be like a, would you sell to stores? I mean, we sell to stores currently with our gear, so it's possible that we do. Uh, you know, we've got our retailers here in the United States as well as Japan. So those those guys are going to be the, the first ones to get anything that we do, uh, if we do have enough to, to make that happen. But as far as like, you know, are you going to walk into Bass Pro Shops and see our stuff? No. Just like, I mean, tackle shops as well. Like you got... Tackle uh, shops, yeah. You want to County Bait and Tackle here locally. Okay. We're in San Diego. Uh, those guys are are here for sure. If if we have something and it makes sense for them to carry, yeah. Up in Northern California, you got Coyote Bait and Tackle. Same thing. But you could provide them. that now as as a a thing to like tackle shops, like more than just a couple, because you'll be able to mass produce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In theory, that that's how. Would it you goes. want it though? I I mean at the end of the day like being able to get baits into guys hands that catch fish and produce and and are readily available that I think that's the end goal for everybody. Yeah. That's like, like the closest the, the, way to do it like as a bait like a production like bait yeah. maker like I mean it's 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 hard like you see it all the time I'm sure online like I feel so bad for these bait makers. They put their heart and soul into these baits. They crank out as many as they can, you know, in the garage or factory whatever they got not factory but little shop that they got and then like 
boom, they saw it in five minutes and everybody's pissed off because they didn't get one. <laughs> You know what I mean? But what do you do? Like we talk, it's like yeah. there's nothing you can there's do. There's no way around right? it. Like Matt, I mean, Matt's been, Matt's seen it. Like, heck, I, I personally still go in and, and snag baits on those drops. Like I, it's part of the allure. Like I'm going in and I'm going to get them when I can. And number one, support the bait makers. But number two, get something that, that helps me catch fish at the end of the day. No, I mean, yeah, that's, I guess that's the worst part about this one bait community. Like when they have those drops and then you got people that will flip them and, a lot the, of flipping the, going on. The yeah. funniest thing that I saw was Matt from 86. Yeah. Post on a page and go, that bait's not worth that fucking much. <laughs> it was his bait. It's, and it made me fucking laugh my ass off. Oh, like, man. Like, <laughs> you you got to see those guys. It's, it's, you just can't control it. Like, we've talked about it, in, you know, behind the scenes with different makers. Like, what can you do? And, like, uh, on the forum itself, there's a black market where you buy, sell, and trade. And, like, as far as it goes, there's no real rules other than swim bait only stuff. So, let's say you got one of those baits from 86 Drop and you put it up there for 500 bucks. Like, that's your asking price. Like, you can't say anything about it. it. It's like, yeah. fuck, dude. That, that's part of That's the exact thing. Like, the only way to stop this flipper market is people to stop buying the baits from them. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, like, you know, you've, it's, it's a catch 22. Yeah, and you, the cool thing is you're not, like, trying to, like, that's not your spot to govern it. No. So you're like, hey, this is the black market. If you someone wants to pay a 1000 bucks for this bait, so be it. Let's what say you're on it? a hot bite and, like, you need that bait, it might be worth it for you. Yeah. If you're going to win a tournament and $1,000 what it costs and you're going to win five grand, right, somebody's going to do it. it. Yeah. They, you know, or somebody just wants a bait because it's a one of, you know a one-off or something special it means something to them true people will spend in anything what they think they you know want to spend like yeah there's no holds bar yeah and there's not there's kind of a standard right for baits like usually bait makers will set a standard like what they like to charge yeah bait, i mean the right? bait makers first and foremost those guys got to get paid um i think the secondary market's always going to be there it's just like yeah. anything else like look at anything that's could offer up yeah, <laughs> you get guys going. I'll give you. Dude, I want two hundred bucks. I'll give you ten. I had a I had a buddy that put a conquest up for sale recently, and uh, conquest, you know, five six hundred dollar reel. Yeah. I offered him a hundred bucks, and he'd come pick it up right away. Dude, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's like, hey, I paid five hundred, but you know what? You could have it for a hundred, buddy. You're, you look like a nice guy. You got it, dude. It's horrible, and I think it's like that with everything right now. Social media. I mean, seeing the growth of Swimming Underground just over ten years. And like how big it is now, swim bait fishing is so big. Yeah, uh, you feel like you have a bigger presence now on the East Coast, Central America. You know, Central like in America, the middle, or the I'm Midwest, sorry, Midwest. I apologize. Yeah, like Central Central America, America where Manny T's from. <laughs> Shout out Manny, uh, who's less less Chinese than he thought he was. I love that story. I, I can't believe you guys didn't get into it on his podcast. I, I know to it this we, we, we were uh, going through so much crap. You know, life lessons uh, for my son. You know, from your brother telling you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You gotta learn them when you can take them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Across the United States, like we're starting to see all kind. Like, you know, there's orders that come in from all over, and it's awesome to see. And uh, it's a great indication of where the market's going. And we're kind of on the forefront of something enormous. Like it, it's changing. Uh, I've talked to other guys in the industry about it. Like things are going in a direction that none of us have ever seen. I mean, just look at look at guys like we already talked about, Gilbert. Matt from 86, Caesar from Toxic, Clayton from Sly Guy, Eric from UFO. These guys are all full-time bait makers now. Like that's these are all guys that in the last 10 years have started making baits and doing what they're doing and it, and it's awesome. 
No, I agree 100%. So now this is a question. I think a lot of people think like, hey, if I can get in with Swimming Underground as a bait maker, my shit's going to blow up. Which isn't true sometimes. It just depends on the bait, you know. And I guess this is a hard one to put. I gotta think just ask it, it man. It's I'm okay. trying to think, dude. Fuck, man. Because I could talk. So this is the thing. I talked to Chris on the phone. I So it's hard for me to do a a, a, a serious profession, podcast. Serious po- I'm looking at you and I want to laugh and say something. Yeah, but up. you should. But it's a hard way for me to do. This is the first for me. Because it's like, okay, I did Gilbert. And it was kind of like, it was a little more friendly. This is way different because you were like, uh, like a robot in the beginning. <laughs> and now you're like, when I come over and we hang out, get, you know, go get some beers or, hey, you know, like yeah. fucking around. So it's more professional. So it's kind of like, um, what I want to try to say is like, I feel like people want to come on my podcast because they think it's going to be promotional. Mm-hmm. When it's not really. People want you to do collaboration with them because they think it's going to blow up their bait when it's not. At the end of the day, like they've got – so if the way that you – You get what I'm trying like, to say? Yeah. yeah. Right? So like you could, you could phrase it that way. Like people want to go on the podcast because they think it's going to help explode their brand. People want to do a collaboration with you because the same thing. Like at the end of the day, like for us, it's all about fish catches. Like right. whatever ends up happening, these, these baits have to catch fish. That's, That's it. it. We're going to get a bait and fish it. Like I'm going to – if a bait shows up, you better believe within the first 48 hours, I will have it. I'll have it down at the lake, and I'll be messing with it. Whether How many times have you been disappointed? I mean, in the... Be- I'm not saying who did it, but right. it's like, how many times have you got a bait? Realistic? Like, Fuck, man. Now, I thought this was going to, you know? Now, I mean, not as often as in the beginning. In the beginning, you had a lot of guys that would rush things to the market, bring it to the market, and they were horrible. Yeah. They didn't swim. They didn't put the time. They just, you know, they carved a halfway decent bait, and they figured, hey, I'm going to make some money. I'm sure there's a ton of those guys out there. I kind of now don't, won't even really pay attention to a bait unless I see multiple people catching fish on it, whether it's from locally, which usually is not the case, you know, whether it's a small bait maker back east or something making baits. You're going to see guys from around his area that are in contact with him catching fish. And if there's catching fish, you know, and then you get it to your water, and even if it doesn't do exactly what you think, sometimes it takes a little figuring out. So, um, but yeah, real it, nowadays it's more things are guys know what they're doing. They have a lot, you know, the process is a lot more dialed in than in the beginning. How do you go about choosing the bait you want to work with, though, the bait maker? just totally depends like you kind of try to choose from the form yeah the, i mean the form right. is a huge huge way to do it like uh that for us is it, it you know it, it's kind of a way for us to see the progression of these guys and, and you yeah fix the mic because you can't hear yourself so it's yeah. uh if you had the headphones on you'd be able to know but you know. yeah i don't wear headphones so. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh so yeah like being able to go on the forum and check check into baits and kind of see what's out there is a it's a huge huge tool for us uh, like Matt was saying, being able to fish the baits and just kind of something that might catch our eye, whatever it might be, like new styles of baits or new techniques or things like that. Like it, there's really no formula, if you will, for for, you know, getting into like a collaboration stage. And and more than anything, it's just talking like I can't tell you how many conversations we had with people where it's like, hey, you know, right now might, might not be the right time or you might have something that's awesome, but you might not be able to produce enough of it for us to make it make sense for everybody. That's the hard part, right? It's like it takes how long to bang out 60 baits, 70 baits? Like, 
100 man like yeah. that's it's, it's what do you guys you min- do yeah minimum 100 yeah like that's so that's you're it. planning these drops like probably like six months in advance yeah like right now i'm putting the calendar together for 2021 and i've already started talking to bait makers about february and april like it just totally Dude. depends like and more importantly i like i want them to be able to make their normal allotment but hey if you can wh- while you're making those baits sprinkle in a few extras for us and like just get it going but it's so funny you see some of the comments online of of people like oh yeah you guys only had 10 baits and you gave three of them to your friend it's like no that's not that's not how it goes like you just had you just did a pod with gilbert like the the perception is that we're like siphoning these baits off and they're going to certain people like reality is pretty simple who it's like yeah you know what i'm saying like this guy we well we know (laughs) i take a bait But Usually. the thing is, is like you guys know you're you're all we know everyone's buddies or everyone yeah. that's been on this podcast have been buddies. Who is gonna like Manny's like I he fishes the depths a lot or whatever. Yeah. He talks to Pano. You, yeah, whatever comes into you, DRT, whatever it might be. It's like it's not like you're going. Oh, hey, guess what, Manny? Yeah. I got ten of these fucking baits for you. They're coming your way. No, no, that's not how it goes <laughs> at all. Like like first and foremost, like I, I think I mentioned it on the first podcast. Like. There's been times where I have to go back to the bait maker and say, hey, can you make me another one of these? Because I didn't even keep one for myself. Yeah. And then so after that happened, like in the initial drops, like now every time we keep one bait for, for the SU collection as well as one for the uh, the battle winner, they get one of every bait at the end of every year. So that's the tournament that we host. Uh, so those two get stashed. And then, you know, like we're, we're not talking about a huge number of baits. And you like, don't have any laying around. Usually you buy one or like you said, you yeah. got it sitting there. Go get them. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's just social media. You've seen yeah. it grow over fucking how oh, long? You know, yeah, like I've been online wild. for a long time. Like, you know, I'm sure it's hard to even like respond to people no, Shit, i don't dude. i don't i don't it's not even <laughs> worth my time but like you just see these things you're like man if you guys really knew what was going on like we do everything in our power to get as many baits to the end consumer like the end user as we possibly can because at the end of the day like what is a bait in a box or what does it do like giving it to a friend doesn't doesn't help the business it doesn't help anybody like we want to sell baits that catch fish and we want to get as many to them as the people as we can no i agree 100 percent. that's just a hard thing to go about but it's cool that you're giving some of these people a chance and it's like if you've been with us doing the forums learning how to make baits you're gonna be like matt was probably on the forum a lot right For, yeah 86 yeah. baits what i can't remember what his uh hair dresser 91 I, no i know that of course <laughs> no i'm saying that stylist. was his tag name yeah. the stylist no hardcore hey fro uh, Frohawk. <laughs> no his i don't know his handle on the on the forum it was like mjh 86 or something like whatever it was it wasn't 86 baits and like Mm -hmm. that's another thing like we get bait makers that come in and like just come in with bait company name as their username it's like sorry dude like we're not gonna let you spam the boards like i know the guys that are there like i could see it it's like hey this is my first bait and i'm starting to carve it and i'm doing this and like you watch the progression and it's awesome that's yeah that's a hard one how many it's hard to see how many people are are, like there's only so many ways to do a glide yeah so it's like Thinking outside the box is another thing you're looking at is like, man, this guy maybe added something in the back or the tail's a little different or, you know. But what's next? Like, the you, know what I saw, you know what I'm going to say for me is when you mentioned, wow, what is that little thing called with the fucking wings? The crawler? Oh, those are sick. When you mentioned that, right after that podcast, like maybe about a couple months later, I saw everyone and their mom throwing them. Yeah, so they, they like, become really popular here in the States. And right? like, that's actually another bait that we have coming up. Uh, a guy na- by the name of Kuroto over in Japan. We have uh, his little crawler. It's called the Monster. It's a one piece. Uh, it's probably, was it like two ounce? I want to say it's two ounce bait. It might be even one and a half. Mm-hmm. 
It's a smaller. It's a smaller crawler, but like it casts like a bullet. It's really, a little basically. But that's like something that has gotten a lot more popular. Probably maybe from you guys. I mean, I mean, it's, do you kind of consider that a little bit, a little bit of a, like, what do you consider a swim bait? Is that a swim bait? It's a great question. Like, um, th- there's been that topic of discussion has been open on the forum since it started. Like, what is a swim bait? Is a crawler bait a swim bait? Is it, is a punker a swim bait? Like, of all these things, they're like big bait versus swim bait or whatever it might be. The crawler is something new for sure. I don't think it's terminal tackle. Like, you're not going to throw that bait on on a traditional bass rod without a doubt. You got to have its own rod for that bait. Yeah, oh, I mean, swim bait rod, of course. Yeah, I think yeah. like what you you fishing mostly like medium heavy or heavy on I that. Fish it most the with the little monster medium heavy. Um, I mean, you could definitely fish a heavy, no problem. But I like to it's the same fish it with the same rod as my tiny clash. And you got a good fish on it over the summer, wasn't it? Yeah, on, yeah was it on the one piece or on the two piece? It was on the one piece. Oh, they make a two piece crawler as well. Yeah, we've done those. It's called the Battle Wing. We did those a couple years ago. Uh, and it's a great bait too. This is just a different style, like trying to keep it fresh and something different. So we should have, I think, three colors come in all the one piece, a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. That's a good amount. Yeah, hundred of them. It's great. <laughs> how, how quick do they leave? I, dude, as soon as they show up. That's what he said. Thirty seconds. Gilbert said. Yeah. Oh, Gilbert stuff was thirty. Yeah. So yeah, I was wild. in on that drop. I bought the uh, the tiny on Saturday. How, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting there panicking. Hey, right? How do you get? So tell people what you did to get one. What did I do? Yes. Because people go, I tried and fucking bullshit. And I called Gilbert and I said, hey, put one aside for me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I swear. I actually purchased that. It, you didn't I, get online and try I to went online oh, just like did? everybody <laughs> else. That's part of the fun. Like what we do, the, the, like, the, the drops are like part of, part of the allure. Like, it's can like I gambling. get it on it? It's like gambling. Oh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I don't really gamble, but all the money goes to fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying it's yeah, like no, no. that high. It, yeah, there, the high there's definitely a rush for sure. Like, and like, you know, every once in a while, I'll just I'll like if I'm by my phone and, and I happen to remember that the drops at that time, sure, I pop in. So, yeah, I popped in, uh, added it to my car. Well, first first and foremost. So if you read Gilbert's newsletter, <laughs> got to read the newsletter. But the newsletter gives you a quick breakdown. And same goes for, for our website, like Swimming Underground. If you're buying on Swimming Underground, have an account. Have an account with your billing information, your card set up. All that stuff should be there. Go to the store ahead of time. Add a sticker to the cart. Walk all the way through the checkout process mm-hmm. until the last button that says pay. Everything's saved. Then right as 12 o'clock or 10 o'clock, whatever it might be, you add that bait to your cart and get out. That's it. Don't go back and try to get, like, I didn't even get two. I just got one. <laughs> I grabbed it. And uh feels great to get it, you know? <laughs> So then Gilbert, I love how you said I called Gilbert told him to no, the best is he calls me after like the next day in like I'm like yeah man he goes hey uh, what, what's going on with you buying the bait I'm like oh I, I was on there I grabbed one he's like oh that's awesome so like obviously if I called Gilbert he would have set one aside for me just because like anyway but it's because you want to know why and they said the same it's fucking more thing. fun and if no, we don't have your friends of course I'm going to give you some shit if you're my friend right it's like why wouldn't I give you fucking baits you know like but and at the same just- time, like there was a ton of baits. So even with all that process, I went ahead and I did the entire thing. My PayPal was loaded. Everything was set to go. I hit checkout and I sat there and I watched the PayPal spin and spin and spin. Felt, felt like five minutes. <laughs> it was like, uh, might've been 30 seconds. And it said, boom, you got it. I was like, oh yes, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good feeling. Um, but there's other times where you hit that go and then you get, what they call cart jacked like 
and people assume that we're sitting there Yo, dictating. Yeah, motherfucker. Like we're dictating who gets what. Like everything's automated. We put up the inventory and it goes. Payment process, like all that stuff, like depends on your internet speed and if you have your PayPal and all that stuff. Like we don't control it after we hit publish and hit inventory. Yeah. That's it. When did all this happen? Like when did the whole bait drop thing where like shit started going, oh man. People are going crazy for baits now when we're dropping them. Like, everybody. Like, when right. did it really start happening? It's been going on forever. The best, like, back in the day, before social media, it would happen, like, randomly. And you wouldn't know about it. You'd go on the forum, and they'd be like, oh, bait X, Y, and Z is ready to go. And it just, boom, you popped up, and you just happened to luck into it. Nobody was saying anything. Or, like, you know, you happen to know the bait maker or a friend of the bait maker, and they would say, oh, those are up right now. You'd go grab them, and they'd be gone. You'd yeah. Like, let's say you didn't happen to check the forum that night. You go look the next morning, everybody's like, oh, got one, got one, got one. And then you're like, oh, shit. What form was the original form? This, well, the, I mean, before, so. What was the first one you went on? The first one that I went on was Swimbait Nation. Okay. Before that was Cal Fishing, I think, as far as like big bait stuff goes. If you look back, like Cal Nation or Cal uh, Fishing still up. Some of like the old school guys, like from up north, names I remember like uh, Baloney and Nico. I don't remember Nico's last name, Mm -hmm. but like they post some rad stuff on there. Like you go back and you look at some giant, giant swim bait fish caught so like that's kind of the transition it was cow fishing to nation and i picked up nation toward the end and then 10 years ago this week swim bait underground yeah so when you became part of that was that like were you in were you admin on on nation or anything no no i i was like totally green as far as nation goes and like there was a ton of content and like uh just you know i was there just buying baits and the, I don't know what they called it by the classifieds or whatever. And like, you know, reports and stuff. I don't even think I posted reports cause I hadn't caught anything at that point. Like I can still remember catching that first fish where you're like, Oh, this is sweet. Like what bait was it on? Uh, that my first technical swim bait fish was on the, uh, freestyle shad floater. It was cool. White one yeah. at night. Were you fishing swim bait already? No, he wasn't fishing at that, but he hadn't started fishing them yet. No, not really. Hmm. That's a nice. That's a nice. How big was that fish? At least fourteen inches. inches. No, <laughs> it's, dude, it's like two pounder at night. Like what's golf your baby? Uh, a little over eleven, like eleven, eleven. Really local Good fish. Yeah, really. Little cap when they were oh. stocking trout. Water was up. So here locally, they lowered San Vicente to raise the dam like a hundred feet. When they did that, they put all the water in. Where was it? It was El Cap and where else? O- Otay. Those two lakes. Simultaneously, they started stocking trout at. Otai like heavily and at El Cap where El Cap they hadn't stocked trout forever I was talking to actually Gilbert and Jerry about that this week like that that period was unbelievable really yeah like El Cap was was firing big time at that time like what I got my big fish you guys won night tournaments on swim baits Menzel yeah we had fish Menzel had a 13 during a day tournament on a swim bait we had fish you know 10 we had a 12-pounder was actually on a drop shot in that tournament. What did you catch from? The 12-pounder came on drop. I didn't yeah, catch Let me rephrase drop that. Drop shot. No, he caught it. No. Uh, <laughs> Menzel caught that fish on drop shot. Hey, w- I've never been one to say that it won't. It can't work. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have big – we were catching a lot of nine and – Eight nine pound fish. Was on everybody the rats. catching them, or you guys were just catching them? Uh, I mean, the guys were catching them. The guy who I ended up fishing with, Noy, him and his buddy Jimmy had. I want to say they had. We lost. We got second place in one tournament with twenty one and a half pounds. 
I want to say they weighed 20. Three fish, right? Three fish. 21 and a half. And I'm pretty sure they weighed in three fish for, it was either 25 or 28. They had oh like a, God. they had a 12 and 11 and like a nine. It, it, you never it, see that again, huh? No. And I mean, <laughs> so yeah, you know, guys were catching them on the jig weighing in big back, you know, we'd get big by guys with three, eight pounders on fishing jigs and stuff. So everyone kind of was catching fish and you can go catch them on deep cranks and everything. Just a good time. Yeah, like, like just, a good area. the lake was just spectacular. It was fishing. at that point in time you had a lake that had mostly just seen smaller bait fish, shad, and things like that. They raised the water level, and it's a lot of big chunk rock and like giant boulders. So stuff that is now out of water was underwater, and those fish were just sitting on new ambush points, and just it was it was a lot of fun. That's right when the glide baits kind of came really to the market yeah the 250 was you could fit yeah like you could basically go up to a tree and be like oh i'm gonna get in and get four cranks on it make it twitch and the fish will come out and <laughs> it, you could go down the bank and have 25 30 pounds a day consistently um, no you just can't do that totally different game they stop stocking trout yeah. things change up but you know as anglers we always have to evolve too like guys are still catching fish at those lakes just not the quality that they were at the time. They're still getting them on glide baits on on different stuff, but it's just uh, it's just different than it was. It sound like an old timer. In. You gotta pull. You gotta put. I mean, it, right? Yeah, it still it's, bites good. Yeah. They all still bite. You know, all of our lakes still bite good. There's not that you can't go catch a fish. It's just what size of fish you're trying to catch. I mean, if you wanted to go fish swim baits and catch three to four pounders, you should be able to go get four or five good opportunities a day out here. I mean. It's gonna happen, um, you know. Getting a double digit, how rare do you think that is now? Matt's the king of them. Just ask him. It's, as far as it goes, when's here. the last time you caught a double digit? Down here, I want to say it's been like three years now. That's a that's a long time, right? Yeah, I mean, when's the last time someone's caught a nice double digit out of a lake recently? Uh, Somebody did a podcast with Colin recently, I think. Really? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Uh, Not, I mean, what's what do you consider nice? Like we're talking fish that just over just ten. Eat by I mean, 10. there was maybe three fish over nine pounds weighed in in tournaments at El Cap this season. Okay, so where either. that would be a normal tournament. That would be one day we'd have four fish over nine pounds. Yeah. So that's getting kinda, a ten is is hard nowadays. It's, right? it's tough. Like the the down here in Southern California, like the 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 trout stocks are really limiting. Uh, it changes the dynamic for everybody. But that's not to say there aren't 10-pounders out there all the time. Like, 10-pounders are caught all the time. See, that's like when I was talking to Manny. I'm like, so he says, Arizona, you add a couple pounds. Swim you guys do that on the tournament, right? Yeah. After I listened to that podcast today, I started thinking about the, the handicap, and I think we might have removed it because at that time, dudes oh, were catching God, like I between it eight. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> guys were catching eight to ten like pretty regularly. And, like, and I'm like, damn, this is – so we took the handicap away, but I guess we'll probably have to put it back now as the die-off and things just totally change. Yeah. I think, but I think there you're looking at like maybe a pound and a half is what it might be. East Coast, same thing? Did East Coast, you got like up to three pounds. Really? Yeah. Some of the smaller, it's it's all based on state record. So you Oh, look, that's what you guys do. Okay. Yeah. So there's a chart on the, on the subsection. You look at the state record uh, and we just kind of like, I don't know, I started... I'm kind of a spreadsheet nerd at times. And like, I started looking at numbers and I'm like, all right, these guys all kind of fit into one category size wise, these guys and these guys. And we just established a, uh, the handicap for the different States. And it's, 
I mean, hey, there's no perfect system. I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking at the United States from east coast to west coast, north to south, like totally different landscapes and different fisheries. But, you know, we try to make it to, as competitive as possible. Who do, you without, think, who do you think is thriving state-wise right now? I mean, I don't – thriving? Well, because you get to see all these people enter their fish. And yeah, like guys – I mean guys – Texas. Texas. Yeah. You I get see, guys from Florida. Yeah, I see a lot Massachusetts. from Keith. Keith, yeah. Yeah, he's, Keith's he's, killing it. He's doing a great job and like uh, just a totally different vibe there. Massachusetts, guys are catching – like, hey, guys are catching big fish everywhere. Central California, Northern California, guys are catching big fish. You might not see it as much. The guys that are really good are quiet with it. Like yeah. that's that's how you know. <laughs> like guys, I talk to you. I'm like, you get one? Yeah, I got I got some good ones. Like, are respect. people still catching twelves and thirteens and fourteens? <laughs> we had it. You know we, what they say? It's like, no. but if you get a report of it, it's like fuck. Yeah, up north. I I mean, what do you hear? Guys catch big, but like even I don't think I think it's blown out of proportion. Like a twelve pound fish here, still a thirteen pound fish is rare. Like even back when it was as good as it was. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Those fish weren't coming, you know, maybe one, two per lake per year. But you're not going to get that now. You still Those can. fish are still there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're not as big, though, because they're not eating the same. They just don't have the same uh, want and need to be up shallow. You know, they're out pelagic swimming in the middle of the lake. <laughs> pelagic. Uh, they don't need to wait on tuna. kelp patties. Calm down, tuna tom. Uh, we need... <laughs> When you see shad balls that are, you know, 30 feet across and 25 feet deep, mm-hmm. and you see fish sitting underneath them in the middle of the lake and 60 feet, and you go up around the bank and you see nothing, I mean, where would you be if you were trying to eat consistently? Under where all your food balls, is. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's crappie out there. There's bluegill out there. Do you agree with him? Yeah. Because yeah. you catch big... I know guys that hook big ones on little... You know, the wrong gear, consistent, pretty consistently. <laughs> the wrong gear. Well, I mean, it, it's not a swing. You know, you're yeah. not hooking it with a two or three out hook in its face. Yeah. You're hooking it with a little tiny size six treble hook on the bottom of a ice jig or whatever they are. And axe blade. Yeah, That's axe blade. Shit, bro. <laughs> I mean, there's baits. Yeah, they get bit, and those fish just th- know how to throw those baits. By the time they're that big, it doesn't take much. You don't have control with the little rod. It all goes back to yeah, proper control over yeah. a big fish. It just it's it's uh, you feel like a, a ten or twelve or thirteen is like the big fish nowadays. You catch one of those for this time, 
oh, a frame. Be, it's like that's like a, a record fish for you. Like you're not going to see that again. Well, probably. Like at the end of the day, whatever the right fish for your area is. Like you might be on the East Coast, and maybe a seven pounder is awesome. Or you know, maybe that's what you're what you're stoked with. Like at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. Like what's a what's a big fish for your waters, and and what are you really targeting? That's yeah. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's just crazy because you're not going to see like those 17s. Like, you probably oh, that, would, like, you know, like, dude, we, there's still lakes with those fish swimming around. Yeah. But you're just not going to get them to eat the way you would want them to eat. They might. Yeah. We'll Any see how given it goes day one year. big fish makes a dumb mistake. Yep. We're, talk, <laughs> right. we're talking about putting together a trip. Um, some of the guys in February, like fishing, camping, stay out of the lake, like some stuff where there's promising fish, and we'll see how it goes. That'd probably cool. get our asses kicked, but. It's, it's all still good. try right still try have you been to was it Bacarac? well I, I haven't been to mexico yeah. to fish well freshwater we spent we grew up growing in mexico in baja yeah for salt but i've never been down there uh that place is kicking out big fish i saw some guys recently like drove down there how big are the fish there i mean you're you don't see any true giants but you're seeing healthy eight to elevens wow and you're catching a lot of them, I'm sure, right? I don't know. You, you I mean, out, that's dude. what the kids say online. <laughs> I see them. You know these kids. Yeah. <laughs> Cast and blast. <laughs> there, that's who we're talking about, huh? Yeah. That kid down there. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys are going to go hunt, too, then. You've been hunting a lot more lately. Been right? hunting a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. during the winter. It's, uh, I, it's funny. I was talking to somebody about it this week, and I found that the years that I spend my time really dedicating swim to swim baits and the big bait, November, December, January, by the time like February comes where things really start to turn, I'm burned out. So I've been trying to kind of find different things to do during these winter months and then gear up at, at the end of January, beginning of February. You're, that's your month you like to fish, the months you like to fish? I mean, yeah, the the key is getting them when they're as big as they, they can be and not on beds. Like, there's nothing worse than going down down to the lake and seeing them all on beds. And, you know, it's either you're too early, too late. But those th- that particular group of fish has already moved up. You want to get them before they get up. Yeah. The weather's been crazy. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's, it's dude, like it's, warm as shit, dude. But for still super cold in the mornings. Like, we're yeah, talking yeah. 30s and 40s. Like, it, it's, uh, it's different and dry, too. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah keep thinking i have covid all the time because i have a runny nose or yeah, yeah. i guess <laughs> but you already got the vaccine so you don't have to worry yeah about it. exactly i'm fine i'm growing a third leg how do my rectum <laughs> um let's get to some I thought, of these i thought you didn't want to talk about inappropriate things i'm sorry gosh dude um let's see let's get to these questions guys um Go to news first. Of course, I don't get a reception here. All right, this is from Bradley Ross. Both of you guys can answer these. Maybe you have a different opinion. Um, it's winter. You're short pounding at a spot you've never been to. And the easy access you found looks pressured forage. It's probably fin fish. You want to throw a swim bait. What style of bait? How will you fish it? What will you set? What will set you apart for that bite? Is it a trout fed lake? Is it like shad? I I just it's totally different. I know Matt well, would probably say like he, a, he says bait. it's fin fish, so he's talking about shad lake. Shad okay. lake. Shad lake. Um, I mean, it really depends on where the fish tend to set up on structure. Uh, you can 
target them with, you know, any sort of six or eight inch bait, battle shad, something. It depends on how much weed coverage. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options. Uh, definitely usually would be a soft bait for me. Some That's your go-to? F- during the winter time, especially, you know, our water, we don't get crazy cold water, but our water, once it drops below 50 degrees, it seems like the soft bait bite kind of t- picks up a little bit more gets off a hard bait bite um and you can just fish it slower like that's i think one of the biggest things and and matt can attest like guys a lot of the reel companies are really catering to faster reels for the hard bait type stuff like i i can't stress it enough to some of these different soft baits like just slow it down get yourself a five and just slow it down you'd rather have someone fish like a five because you know they're going to burn it too fast yeah. if that's something faster. Without a doubt. Like, everybody says you can slow your reel speed down, but, like, you can't. It, it, <laughs> it, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah. You, I agree. I, I want to go faster all day. Yeah. You know? What reels would you guys recommend? What do you like to use? We're, we're a little bit different on that. Matt fishes. Uh, I fish the Daiwa stuff. So right now, like, with my little soft baits, I'll fish the Ryoga 1550. I fish a lot of the Plutons. And then a lot of the big soft baits with paddle tails, I will fish a faster gear ratio reel. Um, and I fish the big Shrapnel. That's a JDM reel built for snakehead. It's like a, it's oh, the size really? of, like, a Conquest 400, but it's got, like, what, 6.3? Yeah, I think it's oh, 6.3 wow. to 1. Wow. It's a nice reel. Um, for me right now, the my go-to reel has been the Conquest uh, DC 250. It's a little bit smaller. You like the smaller reel, huh? Well, for 20-pound, it's everything I need. What and baits then, are you throwing on that? Oh, man. Pretty much everything. Really? It, like, yeah, I could throw – I'm comfortable throwing up to, like, an 8-inch HUD. Big soft really? bait, battle shad. Yeah. So between that and then I'll bump up to, like – is it two? Is it 250 or 200? I, I, think, I think it's 200. They used to have the 250, but now it's the 200. So that, and then the Conquest 300. You like those two? Those are your go-to? Yep. And then for, like, the big glide stuff, like that Frenzy that we posted, the new one that's coming out, uh, we just picked up some of the uh, Tatula 300s that are 8 eight to 1 for, like, the big glide where you need to pick up a lot of line fast. But, like, that's very specialized. You like those? Don't know. I don't have one yet. It looks good. Do you like them? Um, I haven't gotten my hands on one of the Tatula 300s. I fished the the Tatula Mago M3. Yeah. And so the JDM version of the Gancraft. uh, And, yeah, I've thrown baits as heavy, you know, the Frenzy on it, no problem. I I liked it for sure. Tatula? Yeah. Look at you. What? It wasn't mine. I just used it. Look at you. Bobby Big Dick. Bobby Big Dick let you use it? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I I love, I use all the Tulas on my 200 reels. Yeah, Yeah, they're good good reels. I really like them. I can cast a mile with them. They have a really good, so as far as like finding slower gear ratio reels goes, it's a little more difficult, but uh, that that, uh, Ryoga that Matt was talking about, the small ones, uh, slow gear ratio, the crazy cranker, uh, Daiwa makes a, I just picked one up recently and put braid on it. They make a zillion, zillion, 15. 1520 i think uh crazy, crazy cranker. cranker also and okay. that's like a 4.6 or like super slow yeah it's a that's a nice reel like anything in that smaller size for the smaller baits works but then the go-to for for me is the conquest i uh holds try, a lot of line yeah holds enough like enough more than enough 20 yeah. pound like i, I don't oh, what know what do you use again 20 pound what uh 20 pound iser triple x really that's my go-to that's all for everything pretty much yeah yeah like if your punkers will you run braid I, I'm not a, like a big punker guy. No. I, that I bite here, like at San Diego, is pretty no tough. good. Punkers? Yeah, I'll fish 
sprayed on my topwater baits with a super heavy, short leader fluoro or mono leader on yeah. front of it. So something that's stiff enough that you're not going to get that bait to foul hook a lot. Yeah, that's the key. Like some like a foot I, and some a half. of the, some of the punkers that Matt has, like he'll put um, what do you put epoxy, in the putty or like epoxy, epoxy in the putty in the line tie? Really? Up oh shit! So that the it, it goes in the line tie so that the line won't like go down and mm-hmm. hook it hook into itself. Oh, it's a good. Man, you could really learn a lot if you actually listen to you guys. You know, I go. Back I don't know why anybody would. Uh, is there anybody still listening? <laughs> yeah. um, this is an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's filthy, Kyle, my friend. You're a fucking asshole. Um, your favorite uh, places to target bass in steep, deep Cali lakes. Blunt Customs. Where do you, where do you like structure points? Yeah. I mean. It basically all comes down to ambush points again. You're Trees. Not, you're not going to catch fish casting out. And listen back to Manny's podcast, and he was talking about the same thing. Figure out your ambush points, where the fish are. If you're not getting bit, try it from every different angle you can imagine, whether you have to put your boat up on the bank to get it to go right. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes and, you got to park the boat up on shore and, and make the cast from shore, like if that's what it takes. cheater. Is that not allowed? I mean, no. not in a tournament. We're not tournament fishing. Short pound. Only short pounders can do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you use your electronics a lot when you're out there? Yeah. Fair you, amount. Are you like Gilbert where you would turn it all off when you're coming up on something? I, I don't personally know anybody that's as attention to detail when it comes to that stuff as Gilbert. Like, yeah. he's so cerebral when it comes to his approach. Um, it's it's just a to, it's a whole nother level. You don't do that. To answer your question, no, I don't. That's what I wanted to I mean, answer. we do turn them off. Like, structure scan, Matt likes to run it a lot. I'll traditionally have it off. But, like, as far as putting the thing in standby mode, like, it's... Nah. It happens. If we're... Uh, know what we're doing, we're, I don't need a fish finder. They will... When I was catching fish consistent and I was fishing a lot, my fish finder stayed off. They aren't going to do anything You're or just show looking me. for what you... I mean, you fish Maybe the lakes enough, turn you know them what on, it is. Look at the water temperature. For me, honestly, I know more about what's going on in the lake on the bottom composition, whether it's, you know, green slime growing or weeds are still on the bottom just by what water temperature it is. Wind. Um, So, yeah, I mean, basically it's a water temperature device. Like I said, our lakes are really small. Um, Tournament fishing up at some of the bigger lakes will come in handy, but for the most part, it's off. It's off. Yeah. When, if I know what, you know, maybe I'll graph something, come back later to fish it yeah. if I see something. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to be turned off for the majority because, yeah, those big fish are sensitive to those things. Yep. Fish. And, like, as far as it goes, when you're really finding, like, you are talking earlier about those big schools of shad or whatever it is, if you're, if you're on that, that bite, like, finding that stuff, marking it, coming back later, like, those are all good things to do. Or, yeah. like, you see some structure, mark it, come back, but, like, come in a different different mode turn off turn go to standby whatever it might be yeah. but it, it's hard to constantly manage all that stuff so like matt was saying not just don't turn them on <laughs> although go. i've heard like a lot of good things about the new electronics like some game-changing stuff we yeah. just it's crazy. haven't gotten there yet yeah um this is from california filthy fishing what's each one of your confidence baits and how much uh does that change in each season of the year Confidence baits? <laughs> yeah. Well, you want us to give up the spots too? 
See, this is the foot. What? Help it? <laughs> Fuck, man. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what? Okay. Well, here, confidence like, type like, genre. Yeah, type like I'll, I'll get speci- I'll get specific with like we we talk about baseball. God, all the you time fucking and, San Diego goes real fucking touchy. Gotta be tight huh? lip, man. Fuck me. Last thing I, last thing I want to do is blow up anybody's bite. No, uh, of course. No, but <laughs> the dog's going over there to attack me. It's, it's almost dinner time. You for thought me. I was a gardener? Yeah. <laughs> No, but really, like yeah. So bait, as far as whatever. it goes, like for me personally, I I love like top water bite, like because I fish a lot at night. So anything that's uh, slow moving at up top at night with like certain like uh, characteristics as far as like sound profile goes, I want it to wake on a five to one and like just barely put it in gear. Like for me, that's it on the darkest nights. Like right now, new moon, no moon up at night. Like these are these are times when I'd be out and about uh, during summer, spring, summer, fall that's it then as it comes to it comes to winter i really like to transition into something um something with like soft bait whatever it might be whether it's battle shad or hud or, or whatever yeah. and then um so those two and then the last area that i really like to focus on is like i really got into it last year it's uh dead slow so anything that you can cast out crank down and also keep at a slow pace but keep it in contact with the bottom it's like a crankbait but like super slow to where how it's deep like, are they? How deep are you getting those things to go? It totally depends. Like you can add weight to whatever it is. Like last year, I was doing very well on the tiny clash with the I don't know what mode it was. Like standard lip with the V tail. How much weight can you add to the tiny clash? This guy is the the guy that knows. Oh, this is like stuff. DIY. Doing yeah, like totally. Okay, no, no, just okay. Whatever it is. Okay. You can you know though, don't you? Like how many lead strips? I mean, so with the tiny, it depends. First of all, it all depends on your water temperature and what's going on. Um, I mean, you can add as much lead as you want to and make it sink to the bottom and fish on the bottom, and it's going to get you bit, too. Yeah. Um, if it's me, I want that bait to almost suspend, um, you know, so when you reel it down and you stop, it will float up. It's basically a super, super heavy float. Yeah. So it will float back up, but it's going to take a while. Um, I would Usually I want to say it's like 1.2 grams of lead in the front of the hook, and I want it. Damn, you Wait, really no. broke it down. Yeah, Fuck, like it's it, no. It, <laughs> I just give them to him, and I'm like, here. How do you figure this shit out? Just try it yourself, trial and error. Yeah, that helped when we were back in Japan talking to the guys. Um, in Japan, they actually sell pre-weighted lead strips, so you can say like, okay, these ones are 1.2, these ones are 3.2. Just like they have those grenade weights that are really awesome. Mm-hmm. They have them in all different sizes. You can just put it on your front hook, basically hook hanger. Yeah. Clip a weight on there and you're good to go. Um, but the one thing there is everything's meant to be customized. Not a bait comes out of the package in Japan. Okay, that's those, your next question. This is you guys are coming right into that. Like, yeah, not a guy that comes in, goes and gets a bait from the store in Japan, usually takes it and just goes and fishes it. They're very intuitive to like. They try new things. They're always trying to figure out how to make a bait do something different. So whether it's weight, they all know basic, you know. Weight, they, hooks, whatever it might be. They figure out the de- fine details of baits that get overlooked here a lot, you know. You might say this bait isn't doing it right. I do change the hooks out, and it could do something completely different. Matt, Matt brought up, he kind of touched on it in, like, something that really sticks out to me is like guys are always searching for the silver bullet like the the things that's going to catch them the next fish like it's not it's not that it's not (laughs) the bait don't like don't chase the bait and i love that on your podcast you kind of said hey 
it's the fisherman. Like, I could take this and probably outfish you. Yeah. I give you Roman made, and you're like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, he'll figure you it know, out. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's, that's just going to happen. Uh, but you really got to dedicate time to each and every one of these baits. Like, so start small. Yeah, exactly. So that, exactly. It start small, slow reel, get yourself three baits and just go to work and like learn the craft. How long are you putting into all those baits though? Dude. I mean like what's time? It just totally depends on conditions. I mean, I'm still fish tiny clash. I've been fishing it. I don't know, five years now for how long, however long ago. But now is it a bait where you, you like, I, I think still you can figure something out every new. single new. I, Okay, Totally. There's still always an opera, you know, whether it's me putting weight on the back half of the bait or me talking to one of the guys, and usually it comes from seeing them do something and reaching out and getting a response back. I mean, luckily that happens. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, like, I don't understand it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel like I dedicated myself to that that dead slow technique last year with the tiny and now i'm going to try to implement it across to other baits that i fish here so like hom just came out with the 86 just came out with the cfh it's like the lip trout Mm -hmm. and like i'm trying to do similar things to what i was doing with the tiny with that just totally different profile so you add a little bit of weight you change the hooks you get it to suspend uh and you get it down in spots where fish don't normally see that that's a great great point of view um, Ryan Kyle had a question. <laughs> when is the SBU lawsuit against California DFG for not stocking SoCal with trout for the past decade? I wish we were attorneys, but we're not, unfortunately. <laughs> Just fishermen and sales guys, I guess you could say. Um, if there is an attorney about, that wants yeah, to. Yeah, hey, this is the thing. Is, get is, uh, we talked to Gilbert. Is like, is there a way to get people together to be like, hey, I wouldn't mind paying 100 bucks each and we stock. Yeah, these or putting legs, like sponsored out, type yeah. events to yeah. where we put the money towards stockings. Yeah, is that possible? I have no clue. Like, yeah. I know Gilbert kind of got down that rabbit hole at some point, but like, I don't know if it's something that we could do. Like, like how much does it cost to stock trout? It's three dollars a pound. There you go. So how many pounds is uh, you know three thousand bucks? But you get a decent amount. Yeah. Of so in there? you have to get permitted from the DFG. It it comes down to laws and putting water fish into water that they don't want it there um the, the cities really don't want the trout in our lakes but uh, you could go to like a skinner or a but they're getting trout but just to get more you know if you I, wanted to pump a lake up but then who who owns the trout then you've got like a weird thing well i gave more money than this guy so i get first part like you you know what i mean Our it could potentially but it'd be like a group effort where you go hey we're just trying to build a bigger fishery totally like, I uh i mean i I, I'd love to do it. And if anybody's got any ideas or any connections, like I'm all ears. We're happy to figure out a way to get stocking programs back in the lakes that should have them. Mm-hmm. Like when we grew up, the local lake was getting DFG one week and whitewater trout the next week all winter long. Wow, dude. It's unbelievable. Be, you can't even get one DFG stock now. There'd be 100 people shore fishing trout. Dude, last day. time I went to Long Every Rod Regional. day. I walk up and it's just like a group of like 30 dudes. Yeah. And fishing has exploded during, you know, what's going on. Like it's never been bigger. Yeah. So why not utilize, I guess the license money that we're paying, like they should be putting it into these programs, but they don't. Uh, But it's just like anything else. Like it just takes knowing the right people or, you know, knocking on the right doors, whatever it might be. I thought about doing a tournament uh, when this is clear. Like, you know, you had an Irvine Lake one, right? Yeah. 
You thought about doing something like that again? Yeah, we've talked about it. It's logistically, it's a lot. Permits, like, right now, it's to the point dude. where like those old ones were under the radar, and like you know, now <laughs> you guys are at a different fucking level, now. totally different space. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it it it'd be awesome. Now but, you'd have to pull a DFG permit, go and sit down with all, all the rest of, of the turn oh when the guys, oh, all the rest of the tournaments are pulling yeah. their date, and you kind of have to battle with them. And it's not no real reason to step on any toes or anything. It'd be great to do it, but just, just not, there's a lot of there's events. other things you got. There's tons there's of events lot, down dude. here. Like we're everyone can get together and go fish one of the events yeah. that like, they hold. Like and, just last year when uh, Eric had the UFO event. Yeah. At, like an event like that is awesome, and it, it's great to get everybody together, and you don't have the pressure of a tournament before yeah. or after because like it just changes the dynamic, guys. Guys on tournament day want to get out and fish. They want to get out there and go do it rather than serious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. It gets too serious sometimes. And yeah. It could be just a fun time, like an event like that. Yeah. Like Toxic Day would have been. I Toxic wish you could have done that. This oh year. man, I can't cool. wait to go check out his new shop. Yeah, I think that's going to be January for me. I'm going to go up there and podcast yeah. out of it. Yeah, nice. I think we'll see. All right, here's the next question. Uh, you kind of hit on this, but I mean, go into more detail. I'm very interested. Difference between the U.S. and Japan swim bait scene. So you kind of started saying, you know, they don't just pull baits out of the. Yeah, bowl. so that's one thing. Where like the my biggest takeaway, and I think Matt would agree, was that they pretty much fish hard baits. Like they don't. I, there's not a lot of soft bait fishermen there. Really? No. Why you think? Don't know. Don't know. They haven't been introduced. Just like us getting their baits. Um, all of the real bait, you know, they love Huddleston over there. Mm-hmm. You see them very rarely, but they're hundred bucks for eight inch hud over there. Yeah. Really? Didn't, I, didn't you get a, a kid that we met at the tackle show? Uh, didn't you get him a HUD? Uh, I, he had a HUD, and I kind of broke down on, gave him a little rigging advice, and then he stuck. I don't even know. It was a giant Over fish. There? Oh man! It was like, like within twenty four hours of us talking to <laughs> him. Matt's like, "Here's what you want to do," and we obviously he's the interpreter, and he like broke it down, like rigging, and and maybe just like because a lot of guys are from shore there. So and Matt really has the like the HUDs dialed in to where like a zero with a little weight or five and cut some weight out. Um, he showed him how to do it, and the guy, the kid sent a picture back, and it's somewhere on our Instagram or oh, on Gilbert's. Damn, I know because it was on the board. It like those Biwa fish are so short and so fat. Like it's probably like a twenty three inch twelve pound fish. I would imagine. Fuck, dude. Yeah, he's 20, dope. The guy's oh, dope. It was like it was like a, it was a chode, like a square. <laughs> you know, and the kid was so stoked, and he was a nice guy. Like it was it was a good it was a cool deal. So that's but, a secret, probably over there right now. Not a secret, but just not utilized, I, so it's something different. I mean, even fishing on the boat with Manabu and watching him, what he would grab my rods and the way he was fishing my soft baits would kind of blew me away. Like, And Matt's really? talking about Manabu, the world record holder. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, yeah, you know, we would go and... I know, I saw the picture that you lot. showed me at your house of the... That's the actual size of the fish, right? Yeah. Giant. Huge, dude. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just watch their concepts are more it seems like more reactive everything comes reactively from the fish where we kind of saw it okay guys probably were fishing live trout I'm like oh man they really eat these things and slow down the line comes a hud you know i mean there's plenty of the worm king or whatever else came in between all yeah. of them but yeah. you're basically it's something that was born here where hard baits like Jerk baits. You look at what all of their market is. Go look at Mega Bass. I mean, they have huge fifteen thousand different baits. Like you get their catalog, it's two hundred. You pages. ever seen like a JDM 
No, Tackle catalog? Never, never. Oh, man. It's crazy. Oh. The Mega Bass catalog's like a work of art. It's something you want to have on your coffee table. I actually brought it home and gave it to a buddy that's a super <laughs> Mega Bass fan because of it. Yeah. Like, I was, I had to buy it looking at it like this is cool. And, and they make they sell a them. million different models of this. What they bring into the States is one one hundredth of what they put in the catalog. Damn. I don't know if it's that extreme, but it's unbelievable how much stuff they have. It's got to make you it think, is. man, how uh, they have what They have more saltwater selection specific uh-huh. than what everything we bring in the United States. They have a bigger selection market or saltwater market yeah. of mega bass jerk baits Damn, and topwater baits. And dude, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and they're, they're also into like, those are the biggest differences. And I think. Uh, the soft bait was one and like they're really into crank down stuff at least in the by area a lot of a lot of shore fishermen love the crank down because you can customize it you take a bait that will float on its own you crank it down it gets to the bottom or you add a little weight and it'll suspend there and it'll stay in the strike zone longer for the guys that are on shore so, how many is there's not many people with boats there at all there's a lot of boats but uh, for your average angler it's not an option yes so everyone's shore pounding most yeah. of the time yeah and you not talk everybody about, can yeah. build their own boat you know i know you guys did it. <laughs> Touche. Um, what's your preferred retrieve when fishing the depths of any size? Fast. Yeah. Always burning it? I mean, I, not always burning it, but with the fast reel. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah so, so Matt's a little different than the, most guys on that. So I know a lot of guys fish it with a 5 to 1. I've always had the majority of my success. I feel like I have better contact with the bait. Um I feel like I can make the bait swim better when I'm fishing a faster gear ratio. Uh, you watch all the guys from Japan; they're all fishing. Fast, you know, they're all fishing ratios. fast gear ratio reels, seven to one, eight to one. That's just kind of. I started fishing it on a five to one. I caught fish. I picked up and put it on a Z. Uh, twenty twenty seven to. I think it's a seven point two to one reel. Felt more comfortable. And instantly, I just not felt more comfortable. I just started catching more fish really and with catching more fish you start you know confidence comes so i mean i understand for the tight you know going back again we were fishing a lot of structure up tight to the bank so we're trying to pull that reaction out of a fish i'm not casting down fishing a long point and just slowly winding a bait along a point um so yeah my most of my slides from our fish were at the five to one or seven to one uh, yeah, I was in like the six or seven, and okay. like what Matt's talking about, it's kind of like what Manny was just talking about on his podcast earlier. Like that fish that comes out and it's like fully chasing that bait down. Like that's when you see guys like Matt and Manny, they really start to get into it and like work that bait even more and get it to go side to side more than it was before, and that that'll elicit the strikes a lot of times. And you could do that a little better with the seven or six. Around. Yeah, you could pick up more slack yeah. when it comes to it. Yeah. Your okay. bait's a lot more likely to blow out with a. F- five to one i mean you can yeah. reel too fast obviously yeah. but um yeah with a five to one you're a lot more likely to have the nose of that bait start picking up in your retrieve and once that bait kind of walks nose up that fish done just, yeah he, <laughs> he's not coming to eat that thing um this is uh what size this is from uh though so the previous one was jesse mcbride um and then the previous one the japanese one was S K N K E D tackle. Uh, the next one is Jurjap zero zero. What size real drag capability do you look for? What test line and why? What type? Why do you use that line? 
I mean, we kind of said talked that. about the line. Like yeah. drag, it just seems like all the baitcaster these days are all like what eighteen and twenty plus pounds of drag. Like I think nobody's that, messing with any light stuff anymore. I think that Ryoga has like thirteen or fourteen pounds, but I mean, that's that's a, that's on the small end. It's yeah, and I wouldn't really fish anything bigger than an eight inch head with that. Anything bigger, yeah. hopefully, it has at least twenty two pounds of drag. And for the yeah. most part, unless I'm fishing water, you guys like to use like tranks. Yeah, like, I got, I I have for fish swim baits? tranks on the saltwater. Not on, not on swim bait stuff. No, it's just, um, no, I don't. Just, <laughs> it, I don't like, like I it, have a 200. I don't like, I don't feel like the drag's that great on the, it at The all. drags are fine, but like for me, there's more refined reels. Like when you get into that, that Conquest DC or like that Zillion um, HD, like it's just a totally different level of refinement. The, the Tranks is great for what it is. Um, I love them for salt. It's just, uh, I keep my reels separate. Don't want them to be ruined. Oh, that's what I've learned. Trust me. Oh, yeah. We all do. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, man. I got a whole set of calicos that are just ruined now. Yeah. And it'll only last like three or four years, me tops, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he asked about line size. We're both 20, for the most part, 20 pound, triple uh, X Izer, and then what braid? Like 50 or 65? I'll fish all the way at 80. You aren't, us- you aren't using fluoro at all? I don't personally use fluoro. Just pri- like... It's just one more thing to manage. Yeah. I get the bulk spool, and that's what I do. It's good New price, line. too, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. fine. Like, I get as much – I put as much of it on as I can, and I'm re-spooling every two to three trips. Yeah. Because it's not it's not a big expense. But if I'm using floral, like, you just – It's a lot. Can be. <laughs> I just put some on my reel. I'm like, oh, fuck me. comes yeah. back again to time and place. Like, if we were fishing on big bodies of water that it was necessary. Oh, for sure. It would – or we would have fl- real, you know. Yeah. There would be some 20 and 25-pound Abrazex probably on our reels. Um, but, yeah, you don't – we don't – it's not needed where we're fishing most of the time. Okay, this one's what's your favorite size and rated size – rated swim bait rod for bigger baits? I, I mean, what's bigger – like, for me, the – Well, I think the pick. most popular bigger one – we'll say Adepts. Depths 250. Is, yeah, the depth's 250. You're throw, I'm going to throw that on the Lowdown XH. I prefer the 8.6. Uh, they're a little harder to find these days, the white labels. Uh, that's my go-to rod. That's the one I want, man. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Um, Big dick in me over here. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. so the 8.6, <laughs> the 8.6, extra heavy. It's got that nice para- parabolic bend, and pair that with a 300-size reel, you're good to go. What were you using before using the Lowdowns? Uh, my – I've – I've had two other rods. The what was it? The Loomis nine sixty six, the BBR. That one it's hard to find now too. Right? Yeah, they've discontinued yeah. it. Like right as I got into it, um, that's a bigger soft bait rod. And then I had like a Pal. And then recently, uh, I added the DRT Pulse to the collection. Okay, uh, it's a great rod for for their for their baits, separating handle. Um, and then what's the other one that we got? The Tulala. So that one's for like the Ghost. Yeah. You use the same pretty much setup. Um. I personally like it been the LDC custom blank. Um, I don't like parabolic rods nearly as much. I know with the treble hook baits, um, they're good. The the white label rods for me are just too soft. They're great rods. I've caught fish on them. I just, uh, I'm used to, I started fishing with a broomstick and it, uh, that's what I like. Yeah, man. So, I set, if you ever been on I a boat with him, you watch hook. him set the hook. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I want that fish to feel my pain. <laughs> Emo. 
So email, bro. And at an XH also, right? But you prefer the custom. The X for the sli- yeah. But I mean, really, I feel fish the double extra heavy mostly now for bigger bait, you know, heavier baits. But yeah, yeah. My right. go-to rod that Ben's had to rewrap completely for me because my handle came apart because it caught. Yeah, it was just demolished and smashed. <laughs> Um, you must use that was, rod a lot. Yeah, it was the eight, it was an eight foot extra heavy. It was yeah, yeah the rod that was for over until 10 years, I started so. fishing bigger baits. That was the rod that I fished for you know four or five seasons straight wow. until it fell up. Legitimately, just which if you know if you think about a custom rod and people go fuck that's a lot. If it's really great built rod like you can have that for a long time if you take. We care can go of out it, to the rod rack know? right now. I've got I still have the first rod that he ever wrapped me. Yeah. Like you'd look at it, and he he would cringe looking at at the, <laughs> at the progression. But like, if, if I needed to, it's an, it's a heavy. I could go throw up to eight inch hut on it. Yeah, no problem. It's yeah. still good to go. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We have some rods that have fished in the salt that he's actually come back and seen that really? he's just taken away from us. He's like, <laughs> I can't let you have this anymore just because of how bad it was. <laughs> you guys beat the shit out of it. Uh, this one's from Alpha Bimp, Richard. Richard. Yeah. For Chris, what is the most rewarding part about being the face of SU? Looking back, how does it feel to have it grow from a simple online form to the most reputable and well-known brand? Uh, one that extends beyond your hometown to tackle shops, even Japan. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Richard. And I uh, appreciate that first and foremost. Uh, biggest thing for me is like being the face is, well, if, if you will, like I'm still kind of hidden. It's not like I'm out there all the time promoting and stuff. Uh, it's, it's different. Uh, I, I, like we kind of talked about in the first podcast, like I try to stay away from the drama and all the other stuff. Like just, it's not for me. I got other stuff going on in life. Um, so it's, it's cool. Like it's neat to be able to connect with these brands. These you know, guys. I don't feel like you really, it made a big difference from you. Like people know when you kind of like have the same, feel this, it's the same, right? Kind of yeah. like, I mean, you like have this your past, personal this past Instagram weekend I was, uh, or last week I was up visiting my buddy Menzel in Northern California hunting. We spent all day on Wednesday in the blind with him and one of his buddies from SoCal, and he's in the fishing industry also. We sat there. We shot the shit all day. And then the next day, we're talking again in, in the blind again. He goes, so what do you do? And I told him. He's like, are you kidding? I'm like, no. He's like, I didn't know that. I'm like, well. But know. that makes it cool to me because it's like you're not going to get treated any differently. Which... No. The only way you would know that um, that I would in the quote-unquote face is when you, when you walk up and you see Matt decked out head to toe and paul's laced up too like paul's always rocking he was just at a taco shop recently in uh, el cajon and some dude that we know uh messaged me he goes hey i met your pops today at the taco shop <laughs> he's all i knew it was him when he had a toxic bait or i knew he was somebody when he had a toxic bait shirt on and a swimming underground hat i'm like that's paul <laughs> that's the only way that people would know you and it's kind of cool to keep it like by no means am I like on any type of like famous thing, but I could walk into a tackle shop, any fucking tackle shop. People don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah, because they, they see your they see your face all the time. <laughs> on, until on, I talk, they go, yeah. "Hey, uh, you're you the guy with the golden podcast? pipes." <laughs> I'm like the guy with the fucking annoying ass voice. Yeah, it's the me. guy that cuts everybody off and <laughs> gets drunk. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> but you know it's kind of cool. You get to do the same thing I do because no one really sees you. Yeah, like much, I'm, you know? I'm dude. Just a normal guy. Yeah. I love fishing. Um, I'm I'm really fortunate to be a part of the community that I am. And like, um, uh, he's he what was the second part of the question he was asking about Art, like the, the community the, the and reach, growing the, the reach. reach. Of it, yeah. Oh, it's it's incredibly rewarding to see like 
we'll go back to the bait thing. You got guys that started in the grassroots section and now it's their full-time gig. Like we're able to facilitate and harbor a place where guys can build baits and, and essentially build a career for themselves. And they're able to spend more time with their family. They're able to do what they love versus something that they might've just been getting by at. And now they're building baits and like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredibly rewarding to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, how big it's gotten to over the last, you know, like probably like three years, it's really exploded. Yeah. Three, four years. It's growing. I think with Instagram too, I think things just have moved differently. Yeah. Right. It's, it's uh, you know, that things are kind of in an interesting space at this time <laughs> with, with the gram. Like, I don't know. We, it's, it, I always wonder what's going on out there. Like we recently did a knife collaboration with uh Civilware. Um, pro skater Jeff Raleigh owns that company and he does a really good job. Like the knives are awesome. Great product. Like that's what I wear all the time. Like mm-hmm. my everyday carry, we, we did it. We put it out there and like Instagram essentially came after us saying that we're selling weapons and all this stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? Did they take the knife. post down? Yeah. Like you can't tag, well you can keep the post up, but you can't have your tag product. And like, there's a bunch of back end stuff that goes with it. But yeah. like, we're talking about like it's a pocket knife. I know you might stab someone with that thing. It's like, come on. You want to play so, Razor Fool? Only Jack would do yeah, that. Yeah, Jack. Only he Jack. Said he, gra- he saw the knife and he was like, oh, this is a perfect little shank. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, we're in trouble now. But it's it's crazy. Like It's a it's a strange world that we're living in. And yeah. It's uncharted territories for sure. And like, uh, But, yeah, it's it's cool to see the growth and be a part of it. Without a doubt, like still the same, same guy here, fishing, family man. Had a, recently had my second child. Congrats. Thanks, dude. Daddy Stoke. daycare. Daddy daycare all the time. <laughs> Um, it's, it's cool though. Yeah. Is that, did we get that covered? Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. I got one more for you. Um, what gear ratio rod do you prefer with a tiny clash? Also is 25 pound flora overkill. Yes. 25 pound flora is overkill. Really? Yeah, for sure. On that bait specifically, like guys get away with 17. I would say, yeah, you could fish realist 15. Really? Um, I would fish, I fish 20 on it for the most part. Wow. Yeah, 20 for me, but real, it like depends. Matt really likes to fish that particular bait um, as a glide. So he will use something that's a little bit faster than me. Uh, so if you were fishing it in glide mode, six or seven. Right? Mode B, I fish an eight to one for it. Okay. Mode B is what? No lip, tail down? Mm-hmm. With weight. There's With a little weight. Like there's so many different things. For me personally. It's a crazy bait for, I mean, it, it, it's hard to get and it's a little expensive, but you could do so much with it. Right? There's a big learning curve too. Like we, we're prime examples. Like with, I'm still figuring out. You just said it earlier. We like we still learn on it, and that I think that goes for anybody's baits. You look at something that, you know, Clayton's putting out or Caesar, or Eric. Like the more time you put in with these baits, the more rewards you're going to see, and like yeah. you just learn a little bit every single time that you're doing it. Um, but the way that I fish that particular bait, um, I like the f- shoot. I think it. I think that 200 DC is a four high four four point nine. Mm-hmm. slow as i can go really yeah wow like for me cast it out get it down to the bottom and then like as slow as i can turn and just feel that tick 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 and certain areas i fish once the weeds have died off like if i'm on that rock i know i'm getting bit yeah it, there's it, it's it's happening damn same same yeah same uh <laughs> same thing. i mean on the ds the dead slow retrieve five to one four point yeah. nine and then you'll go you'll go lighter than 20 though sometimes no, because I don't really have it. Okay. Like, but like, if you're asking schools, specifically for that one, for specific, like, if you're say you're fishing in a tournament, you know these fish are biting this bait, 
and you don't have quagga muscle, like we can't get away with fishing 15 pound test because yeah. if you crank on the bottom in a lake with quagga mussels, you're going to turn the handle a second time and your bait's going to be gone. You're and you're 120. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can bait? find and that bait that you just cart Jack Nick on Min- is gone. Yeah. Min- yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> I've swam in many ponds for Really? Lakes. For baits? Oh, yeah. Damn. Got leeches all over my legs. Uh, who did, you know, uh, CJ Conrad? He's like a dive mm-hmm. guy. He said he'd go in the legs and they'd dive down and find baits. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like, you know, because he's a diver. I'm sure he finds so much money in baits, dude, sometimes. We found them. I have I have a couple hanging up in, in the uh, the shop that are just like baits that were gone for a year. And you found it? Yeah. Found no way. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hung up in Thule's. Oh, got it. Shit, hung it back dude. up. And you know it's our bait. Like yeah. there's there's only certain things that we're throwing. Um, so, yeah. That one obviously is a hanger now. It's <laughs> a the, hanger. the resin's all off of it or clear coat, whatever the hell Why it is. Why else would you hang a bait? Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, is there a reason, another reason you'd hang one? Yeah, I hang, like, you know, baits that are somewhat sentimental sentimental to me. Like, um, the first tournament that I won on, on Swimming Underground uh, was, like, with my eight, eight or nine pound or whatever it was. Like, Caesar sent me a bait. This is, like, shoot, maybe 10, 11. Okay. Probably 11. Um, I won that as the prize, and, like, that's hanging up there. Baits that guys that, like... When we were in Japan, they gave to us like things like that that have a sentimental value. Yeah, yeah. Hom recently put up his uh, bass, which I don't even think he's released. Like he's like, I said, "Hey, there's an empty hanger there. You better put it up there." He did. <laughs> it's like, oh, Matt's got there's what, some hinkles, hinkles up there. Got there uh, something big on it. I've caught big fit like the one that's actually the big trout, the 11 inch trout. I've caught my pv bass pv striper on it oh damn and it's actually now two separate baits that are put together because the ba- i casted the back half off <laughs> and my buddy matt broke his front half of his bait so i put the bait it's together frankenstein. and these, are, frankenstein. these are baits when hinkle was still painting them himself so wow. so half the baits cool. his original like probably one of the first you know 50 baits that he ever out of his mold yeah you can tell the difference between the gloss and the or the gloss and the matte trout uh, there's some other baits that he lost in the lake and other friends have found that I got back. <laughs> yeah. I, I somehow managed to st- sneak away some <laughs> baits I've snuck away doing from some cool house. stuff these days too. I don't know if you've seen it. I have. Yeah. That's the trick pretty trout's cool. coming. Yeah. Yeah. We should, we should be having at least some of those for Matt and I to check out, uh, some things coming with Hinkle in the near future too. We nice. Hope. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Yeah, I know he's like. A, Maybe if we mention him, he'll go on the podcast. with I've you. tried. Yeah, yeah. He's a silent warrior. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I've I tried. <laughs> hey, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you can put a good word in for me. I get him I on. I could I mean, try, but he's a, another piece of the puzzle that everyone's always talked about. His baits, you know, for a long time. Yeah, he really. Um, he grew up around here with you guys. Yeah, he's local. Did you grow? Up? I, he didn't grow up with us. No, he went to uh, what I'd say would be our rival high school. Uh oh. He was uh, a rival fisherman on the opposite side of the lake. Was he really yeah, back in the day? Well, he was smart. He was catching big swim bait fish while Matt and I were catching stupid ass trout. He grew up. His dad's an awesome bass fisherman, so oh. his, he yeah, grew really up on well the bass tournament fishing tournament. Oh, really? Tournament. Yeah. Okay. His older brother's a really good bass, big bait bass fisherman. That's pretty well known. He has got multiple fifteens and sixteens. Like the family is pretty good. He will tell you he's maybe not the best fisherman, and that's why he makes baits. He and he loves it, and he's yeah. good at it. So huh, That's cool. Dialed in. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to tell you, thank you, Chris, for all the support on the podcast Dude. over the last couple of years. Happy to do a it. Lot. Yeah. Hold on. Before we do, make sure you go to 
Cast and Crakes Patreon. Sign up for the giveaway this month. Yeah. What do we have? We got the SU Big Bait bag. The shank that he just showed on yep, video. Yeah, the prison shank, the quote-unquote <laughs> weapon. Shout out Instagram. Um, you've got the Depths 250 yes. in Golden Shiner. Depths 175 Golden Shiner. And you got a 12-inch uh, SU Union wrap for it. Yep. And thank you, guys. That's a big help. Both yeah. of you guys, thanks for coming on. Uh, and hopefully we get Captain Anxiety on the podcast sooner or later. Then. He could work on that. We'll see. We're trying. Um, We're trying. That one's probably think, not going to Is there anything either. else that we need to cover, Matt? Like, obviously, we you know we touched on some of the well, guys. Well, hopefully, this is, like I said, hopefully next uh, year when everything's open. We've I've talked to Chris before about having an event, so I want to have something big and Hopefully these guys will probably be involved and we'll just do something really cool. Yeah, anything you know? anything that's community related yeah. and like with with swim baiting in, in particular, like yeah. we're happy to do it. Um, as far as like everybody else, like any bait makers, anybody else that's like kind of interested, go check out the forum yeah. swimbaitunderground.com. dot uh, com. We're working on a revamp of the entire platform um, on the back end. Something should be coming here in the near future, so that'll be cool. Um, other bait makers, like guys I mentioned that have been a part of what we've done, I, I can't thank you guys enough for doing it. I, uh, I, I mention it to them all the time privately, but they could continuously do what they're doing on their own. Like they don't need us to help them sell baits or they don't need to give give us baits to sell. Like they could do it on their own and, and what they do for us is huge. Um, so thanks to those guys. You know everybody that's that's been a part of this especially for this month like it's it's really cool to be able to put this together for our 10th year uh having guys like manny guys like gilbert um hopefully a guest next week we'll see yeah i don't Somebody want to else. announce yeah it we're not jinxing anything <laughs> uh you had matt on at the beginning is there anybody else you had eric on right before that yes. ufo have we had any others or i don't want to forget anybody um yes you guys i think that's everyone i mean you guys have all yeah and hopefully this uh, Butch. That was a big one, you guys. Butch was, yeah. yeah. Butch, it's so funny. We were looking back at some of the old stuff. Butch cracks <laughs> The goat. Your, the yeah. goat. What's the goat? Your, your, uh, your ad for him with, with his voice. Like oh, it just makes me laugh every time. Um, it makes me laugh, too. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super cool to be able to like connect with guys like that. And that's one thing that, that I'm incredibly fortunate. And I, I think Matt will, will echo the same sentiment. Like being able to talk to guys like Butch we're we're not peers in any way shape or form like butch butch is an older gentleman but the knowledge that he passes down and like when you sit there and talk to him like it 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 takes you back guys like jerry rago being able to sit there and have a conversation about the old days of bait building and all these things like these are guys that are that are my dad's age that i've learned a tremendous amount from um talking to guys like gilbert manny um up in northern california Raphael from drt usa like these guys are these are these dudes might not always be in the forefront and, and putting it out there of what they're doing, but if you've ever had the chance to talk to any one of them off the water or, or on the water, like just great, great dudes. Yeah. And it's it's a cool thing, you know. What what we do is very unique. The waters that we fish here in Southern California are tiny. Uh to be able to talk to guys like that regularly as a sounding board and to learn things from like you you've heard you heard manny talk about fishing with matt and gilbert and like yeah. just the little things we all pick things up from each other and uh it's cool so yeah it's, just it's great to share experience like that it's, you know like even just listening to little things like totally. i told you like hey, i caught this fucking fish charles you me i always talk about that you yeah. know because i hear you guys go oh 
the shadow or whatever, or even the punker. Hey, casting the coves. All right. We pulled up to that cove, and I'm like, again, I'm not taking, I'll be like, I fucking talk to you about it. And you're like, casting the fucking coves. Okay. Throw it in there. No one's thrown over there right now. Up, oh, bam, on. You know, like shit like that. You learn from people, and you go, you don't like you don't think you're learning, but you are because you're looking at it or doing it over and over, and you listen. I listen to this fucking podcast always, all the time, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, you know, like that right there. This like you know? listen to two bears, one cave. Yeah, stuff. I do. How was that? Did you like the Burt Show? The great? Burt Show was awesome, and don't let me forget, I got the uh, the air fresheners for I saw, you, dude. Yeah, those yeah. are for you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, Matt and I went to a uh, comedy show here in San Diego. They had a drive drive in comedy show set up at uh, one of the colleges, and uh, Burt Kreischer was there, and it it was supposed to be just the two of us, and it, you know some <laughs> bonding time, and ends up my parents end up buying tickets on their own and like totally crashed our evening. Uh, but it was an awesome show, and and as you went in, they gave air fresheners, and I could, we could show it at the end. But it's an air freshener of Burt Kreischer wearing like a man thong. No, he's naked. Is he naked? Yeah, if, if you, it's on his show. Have you watched the show? Yeah, yeah. The cabin. The cabin. Yeah. <laughs> and, Bobby uh, Lee's. It, so it's it's of that when he's oh, laying on the bear skin. Yeah, rubbing, 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 like, so yeah, I bring yeah. it home, and my son Owen's like two and a half, and he goes, "Who shot the bear, Daddy?" <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> He's right through the naked guy, and all he cares about is the bear. bear That's great. Yeah, it's good. At least he's still innocent enough to go, who shot the bear? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, thanks, guys, a lot. Yeah, dude. uh, Thank you. This will probably be up on Monday. Keep it up, man. Thank you, yeah. I'm I'm trying. Yeah. I'm hustling. Stay up on that Patreon. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for all the support. Thank you,